0: Head over to TheInforium.com slash Nebula to sign up now. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast. My name is Thomas Frank, and this is a show that helps you become a more effective student. In this episode, I'm having a conversation with my friend Alan Becker, who is a professional animator. So if you're curious about this, I think you'll enjoy this episode, and I'm basically going to pick his brain on how he learned to become an animator, some of the tools he uses, and the the journey that he took to gain his skills, and also what his day-to-day life is now that he does freelance work for clients and also works on his own projects and runs a YouTube channel full-time. Now, if you don't know who Alan is, you might have actually seen his work before because Alan is the creator of a series of animations called Animator versus Animation. The first one went online, big, I think, back in 2006 on uh, Newgrounds and then to YouTube after that. And uh, since then, that original video has over 9 million views, I believe, collectively. And his most recent animation, Animator versus Animation 4, has over 20 million views And it's absolutely amazing. It's a stick figure animation where the stick figure is basically fighting against the computer. And in in some of them, you see like the computer elements being thrown all over the place. And in in the latest one, he's actually got it jumping over to the iPhone and messing with the apps. And it's just... It just blew my mind when I saw it the first time. So I really wanted to talk to Alan and see just basically how he made this thing work, how did he make it come to life, and how he planned it, and all that cool stuff. So if you want to see those two videos, I've included them in the show notes over at cigpodcast.com. If you find the episode 79 link on that page, you can find those videos along with the summary and links to anything we talk about in this episode, and also ways to rate and review the podcast if you want to. So that's all I got for this intro. Let's dive into the interview. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, Alan, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So I th- you you emailed me, what is it, like, back in January, I think? Yeah, I don't remember. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, you were asking about finance stuff, but it's really cool <laughs> that, like, I, I saw you, like, oh, I, I make animated versus Animation, and I watched that in high school, <laughs> and it blew my mind, so I just kind of wanted to talk to you about, like, your journey to become an animator, like, what you've done to learn animation and... Okay. The day-to-day life of an animator, because I think that's really cool, and it's something that I dabble in, <laughs> but no, like nowhere near the extent that you do. So, uh, yeah, yeah was like, what was your process for just originally learning to do this kind of stuff?
1: Um, let's see. I'll, I actually was interested in animation uh, from when I was like ten years old. Uh, back then, computers were very primitive, and I I did some flip books, maybe, but. My first computer animations were little animated GIF images that were like, you know, 20 by 20 pixels big and stick figures and balls bouncing and stuff. But it wasn't until I discovered Flash in high school that I really got into it. And there's actually a whole online community of people that use Flash to make stick figure animations. And that that wave of interest was starting when I was in high school. I was uh, actually homeschooling. During my junior year of high school, it was the only year I ever homeschooled, but I had a a laptop the homeschool gave me, and so I had a lot of free time to just, like, play around with this, this program, and uh, I, I don't exactly remember, like, what caused me to have the idea for Animator versus Animation, but I got really excited one day, and I and I just worked for three months on it, and uh, I think it was my second full-length animation And I wasn't expecting much of it when I put it on uh, newgrounds.com, but like, yeah, you know, the next day it got like top, well, I actually got second place in the day, but then it got first in the month somehow, and then first for the year, I think. But yeah, just how I learned it was just by being excited about it and figuring out things as I went, you know?
0: So was it just a process of like looking up tutorials on forums and, and blogs and stuff, or... Was there like a video tutorial culture back then? Because this was before no. YouTube, right?
1: Right. There was no YouTube. So actually, no. Yeah, I didn't have any tutorials. A lot of things I definitely could have done a lot more efficiently looking back on it. It wouldn't have taken three months and a lot of things would have been a lot more organized. But just getting this, what I wanted to get onto, you know, the into the animation was the most important thing. And making it organized or uh, efficient didn't matter. So if I ever had like something I wanted to tweak after the fact, it would take so much longer than if I had done some, done it
0: like an organized way. Yeah. Did you storyboard the first one or was it just kind of like... No. <laughs> just whatever came out of your head, let's just do I it. I started
1: with a little dot drawing a stick figure and I'm like, okay, let's see. What should we do from here? <laughs> Oh, maybe it should go onto the side. Oh look, there's some tools here. Maybe you should grab the It was kind of like uh, happening like like I was animating it as it was happening, you know, mm-hmm. which kind of made it cool because I didn't know what was gonna happen next until the next thing happened. and I was like, oh, what could happen now, you know, and that kind of made it have its own a life of its own,
0: yeah, so what I'm curious about is the fact that you like you have these animations, but they're interacting with computer elements. So it's not like you're having to create the entire world. But I, I guess in my mind it would almost be harder to sort of have to script everything out because you have to plan out how the elements of the programs are going to react to the characters. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so is that really hard? And did you have to like remake all of those computer elements or were you just <laughs> able to like screenshot them?
1: Um yeah, I initially I used screenshots and that worked but then when i put it on certain websites and resized it the pixels became really distorted and so i actually did end up recreating it which i don't do anymore because it's not necessary (gasps) but um yeah it's true the the unpredictability of where um, the built in computer elements are going to be at a certain place in time, it was definitely a limiting factor because storyboarding it, you don't know ahead of time where things are going to be. And so you're kind of limited by the environment that's already there.
0: Yeah. So how does that contrast to, um, like the latest one, which was animated versus animation four? Cause it seems like that one had to be a lot more well-planned out. Like you have segments <laughs> where you're filming your room and like your, yeah. your hands are interacting with everything yeah. and-
1: Yeah, that one, um, I did for the live action elements where I used a camera, that was storyboarded because it needed to be. The other things, I had a script, not really much of a script, but a storyline, and I just knew what was going to happen in what order, and then that was the only, that was the only thing that was locked down. And then from there, once I got to that point and started animating those sections, you know, things would show up like, oh, this could happen here because this is in this position and that's in that position. And so those things were kind of on the spot, but everything else was, was pre-planned.
0: Okay. And, uh, like how many takes did it take to get a lot of these? <laughs> oh God. Like specifically one, the one that really impressed me was the phone segment Yeah. <laughs> where you're like, your hands are actually swiping the icons, but yeah. it, it can't be the actual icons. No. It's, it's a video, right?
1: It's a video, and the timing is very, very precise. If it's one frame off, you'll notice it. So I I, uh, practiced like 20 times maybe to get my my fingers going correctly. And then I did, uh, I think, 10 10 takes all the way through of my finger acting with the the phone to get the swipes, uh, taps, and everything correct. And then in After Effects, I actually uh, had to get the best sections of each take and splice them together and put the cuts in the in the best spots so that everything seemed like one take
0: okay did you have to use um the rotor brush where you like have to cut out certain parts of the of one layer of film or something like that
1: yeah i used masks and cut out my finger in some places and then yeah had to animate my finger sometimes
0: i had you had to animate your finger
1: well, like, when, a, when like, the before frame and after frame were too far apart, I would take, like, one frame in between and stick a finger in there and make it seem more gradual.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I had one little just kind of test with that tool where I wanted to have my arm go over some text that was on the table <laughs> and, like, pull my backpack across it to sort of, like, wipe the text away. Oh, and I, I just had to sit there, like, frame by frame animating where the mask would be on my arm (laughs) and the backpack and it's not too entirely difficult once you figure it out but Mm -hmm. yeah it's just I don't know like the initial process it seems impossible until you kind of figure out the tools (laughs) so has it been like because 2006 when you released the first one um through the past like nine years has it been literally just self-taught from whatever you wanted to do or was there any point where you did like a little bit more formal education to boost your animation skills (laughs)
1: Uh, so, yeah, I, I uh, attended Columbus College of Art and Design and studied animation, and that's where I learned how to properly storyboard, how to do the the planning phase, the writing phase, the editing phase, and like rough animation, cleanup animation, and solid drawing, and the, the way that professionals do it. And that definitely gave me a boost when I uh, made my fourth one. So numbers one through three were done before college and then and then yeah the fourth one was after and there's definitely a significant difference
0: yeah so what were some of the things like specifically that you were able to apply in like maybe preparing for that that fourth video
1: um hmm yeah just uh just uh the storyboard aspect and just uh being very sure of your plot before you before you jump in um a lot of things i was just actually just outside of college doing doing freelance work like freelance animation work taught me possibly more about you know flash animation than my than college did actually just uh, just working for for clients i think that prepared me as much or if not more than college
0: really okay i kind of agree Um, a lot of the, the skills I've gained for like web development and other technical skills, most of those came from either on campus jobs or, or freelance contracts and stuff like that. So actually I was going to ask about that. So is, is a lot of your work these days still freelance?
1: Yes. Half of my work is freelance. Half of my work is me, uh, working on the next thing for my YouTube channel I, I have yet to reach out and find someone to be a client for me or to work for because it's mostly been people seeing my animation on YouTube and asking if I can do something similar.
0: Really? Okay. So is it usually yeah. people who are just wanting you to do like the same style or have you had people who like like want completely different things?
1: No, they do, yeah. Uh, but they they know me as a stick figure person. So they're like, can you do something with a stick figure like your videos? But oftentimes they'll ask for something different.
0: Yeah. So if it's mainly stick figure animation, are these like companies that want you to do things <laughs> or is it usually like a smaller team just wanted to do something for fun?
1: No, it's usually companies. Yeah. Like to explain things, there was one, uh, that was like, a, um, a hosting, like a cloud data hosting company. And one that was like a a law firm in Australia. Uh, There's just like, you just never know what kind of companies need explainer videos and stuff like that.
0: Okay. I'm curious about um, your like motivation to do these. Because I know like I used to do freelance web design and I would find that because it wasn't my vision entirely, yet it was still creative. Like I found it so much harder to motivate myself to figure out exactly what they wanted and to get it done. So like, do you do you feel the same or is it easy yeah. to get things done on a deadline or what?
1: Uh, it's easy for me when it's kind of mindless. If if they decide everything and I just do it, listen to music, <laughs> crank through it. Sometimes it's harder, actually, if I have to come up with stuff myself because like takes mm. a lot more attention and brain power. So it's not really that it's fun, but it's more that it's like, I can do it without having to use my brain so much.
0: When it's when, when it's like it's, very scripted out for you already. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When it's not, like, do you do you find like there's anxiety almost in <laughs> kind wondering of, yeah. if they're going to be okay with you, like what you make? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So that's because that's what I got. I was like, well, I don't know anything <laughs> about this industry. Like, uh, you know, like what it was like a catering website that exactly. I made, like vegan things and like, I'm like I don't know anything about that so but they've kind of like given me free reins so like yeah no experience no expertise here and having to be creative and make things like I don't know I found it very difficult yeah yeah uh but do this generally come together quicker than a YouTube video uh
1: yeah absolutely like maybe a week uh, a couple days versus a year oh or, wow yeah. okay
0: so you're doing more like small projects on your youtube channel now that i noticed though so those
1: like, uh are i mean most of the smaller ones are client or like yeah those are freelance projects just
0: oh so I like personally. this the law shack one and exactly those, that's okay. in australia <laughs> so do they ask you to put them on your youtube channel or do you like make I that asked a turn
1: i ask them if if i can put it on there like yeah absolutely more promotion for us and okay so it's a win-win yeah
0: so is your motivation to put them up just like to keep your channel active or yeah even yeah. if it's not like the exact, I don't know. Is there is there like an exact sort of genre of uh, <laughs> content that your audience is wanting from you, or do you just kind of
1: like they definitely want more animator versus animation? Okay. But if I make something that's like, like in that, that's that has you know it's still by the same person and it's entertaining, then I'll put it up and people will still like it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um. There's this guy on YouTube. I think his name's Garrett Williamson, and he makes like music for the most part, but he okay. made this dumb video that was like how to make Five Nights of Freddy's not scary. <laughs> and it got like 17 million views or something. <laughs> like his channel just exploded from that. But what I noticed is yeah. he he wanted to make all these other kind of videos. Yeah. And every other video, all the comments were just like, "When are you gonna make Fnaf yeah. two not scary? When are you gonna make Fnaf <laughs> three not scary?" So do you get like? A significant (laughs) proportion of your audience that's just like, make the next animator versus animation. I
1: can't, I'm kind of stuck there, yeah. And if it's, you're known for doing one thing, then Mm. you can't really deviate from that. I I did all kinds of different things on my channel that got mostly comments saying, when's the next animator versus animation coming out? did like a like a cover of a song using my iPad GarageBand did like a thing with 3D pictures and you know some 3D animation for my school and yeah it always comes back to when's the next thing that you're known for coming out
0: yeah and that can be tough like Hit. sometimes i get an idea and like oh that could be an amazing viral video but <laughs> it has nothing to do <laughs> with what i want to make on a daily basis so like i don't know that can be kind of scary yeah. And I mean, it yeah. seems like you want to kind of branch out. Like you did like the chair bending video, which <laughs> I thought was really cool, actually.
1: Thanks. Yeah. That was actually not meant to go on YouTube when we made it. It was just for fun. And then I and then we put it on Facebook and then it, it was getting hundreds of likes. And I was like, hmm, this has potential. Maybe I could <laughs> just sh- share it with everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh how are you planning on like turning this into a career other than freelance or do you want to keep doing freelance
1: um i would like to stop doing freelance and be able to just work on my own things there's a crowdfunding platform called patreon that um, involves people becoming patrons and it's similar to kickstarter in that people pledge pledge money but instead of a one time donation it's a monthly donation and instead of one time rewards they get monthly rewards and, uh, that's what I'm hoping to use to offset the need for freelance, um, animation and supplement my income so that I can work on only uh, entertaining things for my, for my fans and, uh, just work on what I want to work on. Cool.
0: cool. So what was, uh, what did you do to kind of like set that up and what's your experience been with it? Cause I've actually been thinking like potentially of experimenting with it in the future.
1: Yeah, I was doubtful at first, um, because some people, some Patreon people were telling me that, yeah, you, there's a lot of declined payments and it'll say that you're making 2,000, but you're actually making 200. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe not. But then, like, someone, like a YouTube network person was telling me, why don't you just try and see what happens? So you can't hurt to try. And so, um, I did. Basically, I used, um, the, desire of my fans to want the next uh, animation to uh i made a sneak preview of it and then in the same video promoted my patreon page as a as a means to help me finish this video faster so if people want to see this faster they can become a patron and help me to not work as much freelance and so i think that worked out pretty well
0: cool and so you did a video that didn't just straight up promote patreon was kind of like
1: there was well there was two one that was on my patreon page that said exactly what patreon is and and stuff and then the sneak preview which also included patreon so it was like you can watch the patreon video on my youtube channel or you can watch just the sneak preview but either way you have to watch my patreon promotion
0: okay gotcha so what kind of awards did you like set up because i've seen Um, some do some Very, very different things with Patreon.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Something that worked with um, Kickstarter was providing cameo appearances in the next animation in the form of, like, your name or your picture. And uh, it seems to not be working as well with Patreon, but a lot of people are really digging this um, exclusive minecraft server reward uh where Mm. if they pledge seven dollars they get they get access to a a minecraft server um a lot of people get it and not so many people are actually joining the server but also there's um i'll become someone's animation mentor um if they if they pledge a hundred dollars and we can just i can just teach them whatever and i've gotten decent amount of people doing that and then the one dollar and five dollar you just get your name in, in the about section of my of my uh, YouTube channel. People people are going for that. Yeah.
0: Cool. The mentor thing is actually really awesome. Like yeah. so, so essentially giving like private tutoring yeah. for a hundred dollars, that's like that's actually not too bad for yeah, it's not bad professional <laughs> tutoring. Um my friend Luke, he, he goes by Youngtown on YouTube. That's kinda how I met him. He has professional audio tutoring if you like get his fifty dollar one. And he taught me some stuff about how to make my videos sound better. And then we ended up being friends. Oh, cool. (laughs) The one thing I worried about, like I see you have it limited to five only per month. Um, Mm -hmm. The one thing I worried about is like if I give linear access to my time, that eliminates the potential for growth that I could use that time for. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you worry about that or did you just say like... I don't know. I guess the one question is, like, do you really enjoy tutoring people privately? Because I know you have your tutorial channel. The
1: the weird thing is I've only tutored, out of the, like, seven people that have pledged for this reward, I've only tutored one of them. Really? The other people just don't respond to their emails, and it's very, very weird. That is weird. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if they're pledging for it, then they probably want it, or maybe they just want to really, they just really want to support me. But I really prefer if they want it. Then you know, if they're pledging for a reward, they actually are committed to a reward. Otherwise, they should say no reward.
0: Yeah. Just- well, especially if they're, it's like a, if they're getting a limited reward because there's exactly. only a few spots left for that. So I don't know. Maybe they don't realize that there's like a no reward option once they, <laughs> they, they choose to pledge, and they're just like, I just want to give this guy a hundred bucks a month for nothing. <laughs> or maybe they maybe they think of it as like I can call in a favor when I'm ready. And they just wanted to grab the spot just so they have it and like, so nobody else gets it before they can. Potentially. (laughs) I don't know. I know for me, when I grabbed that audio consultation spot (laughs) with Luke, I was like, just waiting. (laughs) I was like, when is he going to email me back? (laughs) I was like super excited to learn. So I don't know. I guess people are different. But yeah. So has like the per month amount that it displays matched up pretty well to the earnings?
1: No, it's always about less than 75% mm. is how much I get, maybe 60 or 50 sometimes. So wow. if I if it says 700, then I'm getting 400, 800, then I'm getting 500.
0: And is that like after Patreon takes their cut as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: they take about 10%, I think.
0: Yeah, so even if it's 10%, like is that just declined credit cards or
1: Yeah, and most of them were in the hundred dollar amount. People would say would pledge a hundred, and then you know their their payment information was faulty. And you know if you were going to go ahead and you know use a faulty card, you would choose the highest reward since oh yeah. Yeah, So it's usually that.
0: (laughs) I guess that's one risk you open yourself up to when you offer like big rewards for big Mm -hmm. tiers. Is people kind of like gaming it? Because I guess my original. Assumption with Patreon is like only people who are diehard fans are going <laughs> to even make it to your page. <laughs> but I guess if you're offering some sort of service that, that might open it up to other people who don't really care as much about the work itself and just more like want the reward. Yeah, there's a lot of those. So, uh one one uh. thing I noticed sitting on your desk in the fourth video is a Wacom tablet. <laughs> and yep, yep. I wanted to ask you about using that because I've been thinking about getting one. Not for animation so much, but for actually video edit- video editing. Because I don't I don't know about you, but like editing videos for so many hours with my hand of the mouse can actually like make my arm hurt for a while. Oh, interesting. So I interesting. thought, and I've been listening to that podcast with CG, uh, CGP Grey, and he says that he switches from a Wacom tablet to a trackball to a regular mouse every so often just <laughs> to like lower the incidence of RSI. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like oh, okay. How I guess how long does it take to get used to using that? And do you use it for anything other than animation? Like do you map it to your mouse and use it to do mm. general input?
1: Hmm. Uh I use it pretty much solely to draw the arms and legs of my stick figures.
0: <laughs> Not even the heads I, and bodies?
1: No, the heads are are I mean the heads are a set size and so I just copy paste the heads so that they don't change in, in size.
0: That makes sense. Actually, that makes a lot of sense (laughs) just draw it once and then it doesn't change okay exactly um but yeah i don't really use it as a mouse my
1: i guess my mouse usage isn't as intense yeah i mean i also animating i don't use i guess compared to people that do a lot of typing a lot of coding they get like wrist pain and stuff i never get wrist pain Mm -hmm. unless i'm like playing minecraft intensely (laughs) For a long period of time, then my pinky might start to hurt. Or
0: how much Minecraft do you play?
1: Not, not as, not so much at all. If if I ever play it, it's like for the sake of my my YouTube channel, my my Minecraft YouTube channel, or uh, my Spirited Away um, Minecraft project.
0: Actually, yeah, I saw that on the Patreon page. Is that (laughs) going to be in the video?
1: No, not at all. No, no, it's not.
0: That's my favorite Ghibli movie. So. Oh, yeah, mine's cool seeing there. <laughs> Somebody made, I don't know, maybe you've seen it. Maybe it inspired that Minecraft thing. Somebody made, like, this really awesome pixelated print of the bathhouse from Spirited Away. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, I, I can find it for you. I really want to find a print of it. I think there were, like, originally prints on Etsy. And I wanted to buy one, <laughs> and then they ran out, and now I want to find one somewhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> mm. it's so cool looking. But, yeah, so I guess um, maybe I should just try it. With the, with the wacom tablet i don't know yeah <laughs> how long did it take you to get used to using it is one question it's
1: it's 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 just a pen on a on a thing and you get used to it right away honestly it's pretty natural i mean you have to do some settings to make sure that it's mapped correctly to your monitor so it's not so distorted so when you draw a perfect circle on the pad you're not drawing an oval on your computer
0: but okay so, you have to map the surface of the tablet to your resolution, basically?
1: Yeah. I haven't had so many problems because you can kind of... It doesn't if Unless it's super distorted, you don't notice.
0: Okay. And are there, like, buttons on it that you can kind of, like, set to... Yeah. Um, there's,
1: like... On mine, if you, you want to see, it has, like, a couple buttons. Like, I actually don't use them. Okay. Uh, but there is a button on the pen itself that I click, and I... I mapped the button to the delete key, which I use a lot. Oh, okay, That's and it perfect. helps me very much.
0: That's awesome. So, when you're animating arms, do you like draw the arm for one frame and then delete it, and then go to the next frame and draw it again, or is it a, is the program you use like you go to the next frame and it's just blank?
1: Well, you can either create a new blank frame or you can copy the previous frame. And so when I'm copying the previous frame, you know, there will be elements like the stick figure will be holding a sword and also their head is pre pre pre-made. So I'll shift click their head and the sword and delete everything else for the next frame.
0: Okay. So you're not, there's not like anchor points on the arms that you're dragging. You're actually redrawing them each time. Yeah,
1: exactly. Gotcha.
0: And are you still doing this all in flash or is it now all after effects or
1: no flash flash is easier for the th- stuff that i'm doing
0: okay even for the computer elements too yeah it, oh. surprisingly <laughs> interesting okay i know the the people who run or who do the animations i should say for crash course they do it all in after effects so i've just been curious about like what are the uh, relative I mean, strengths and weaknesses just between yeah
1: them? It- I guess After Effects does make it easier for moving elements around and especially, you know, stuff like 3D and motion blur and stuff compared to Flash. Uh, But because I'm doing stick figures and uh, lots of, uh, I don't know, more graphic things, it it becomes easier in Flash than it would be in After Effects to, like, make the stick figures move around and stuff.
0: Gotcha. Sweet. So, yeah, you're doing... The tutorial channel um, and the Minecraft channel. like, mm. How do you decide how to structure all like your content schedules between <laughs> three channels?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, one, that's like when we were talking about branching out. That's what I had to end up doing because I had a separate audience for each thing. But I've been pretty inconsistent, honestly. I'll have periods of time when I'm like, okay, let's do this, and I put out a video every single week on a certain day. Uh, and then as soon as I drop, you know, the momentum, like I'll go through a half a year period where I just don't do anything <laughs> and don't pay attention to all the comments that are like, when are you going to put up the next thing? And just like, kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard because there's not so much consequence for not putting out videos. So it's hard to motivate yourself to get back into it.
0: So that's actually a good question. So there's, there's not a consequence for putting out in free yeah, content people
1: still watch the videos that are already there okay and it doesn't ever die cuz they're always they will always be in the related video section of other videos Mm. and so they will always have some traffic and so if you don't put out a video you still have all these other videos that are just getting views
0: I guess like for me the consequences I can see the spike in views and subscribers when I do release a video every week Right. And then if I don't, like, the spike doesn't happen. <laughs> so it's, like, it's not so much a consequence in, in that I'm losing subscribers or or getting less views right. than it was. But it's, You're like, not. I'm I'm letting go of that that little spike. bump I get every week. And I feel like that is unhealthy in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I see what you mean. Because it's,
0: like, I don't know. There's, like, that addiction to <laughs> you got it every single week you make a thing and you get the reward of the spike. And that's how you grow. I don't know. It's like the way you do things is almost the opposite. You just work <laughs> on it until it's done and then put it out. And like, obviously your channel's growing.
1: It's weird. Yeah. Like probably that's part of it because my, the ratio of house, how popular my three channels are is a 10 to one. And then another 10 to one, like biggest ones, animation, smaller one tutorial, smallest one Minecraft. So it's like yeah. less motivation to put out something every week because my main animation channel is. I'm not doing anything and it's still getting, you know, a couple hundred thousand views a day. And so it almost doesn't, it's very negligible to even take the time to, to put out something every week for the other channels when I could be working as much time as possible on the main channel. But the thing is they take a year to make. So.
0: Yeah. That's something I think about a lot. Like you could put all your effort into one thing that's getting like the most results like, it's logical mm. to put all your effort there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, what, what, where do you want to put your effort? Exactly. Like, I don't know if it's logical for me to be doing Listen Money Matters because mm. I suppose I could take that hour to work on more videos, which probably mm. would have, like, more tangible ROI. But there's, like, right. the fact that I just like hanging out and talking with somebody on a <laughs> podcast. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I
0: do it. Um, I think when you emailed me, you said you were, like, 250K, which was yeah. after... Animator vs. Animation 4 came out, Mm -hmm. and now you're nearing 700. So is it just, like, they just keep getting views? Was there, like, an initial spike when they first came out, or is it just... Did you put it up and they just went viral themselves, or was there something you did to share them?
1: The Animator vs. Animation 1, 2, and 3 didn't originate in YouTube, actually, and that's why they didn't have any initial spike, and that's why my channel wasn't so big until I released number 4. They um And so when I released number four and there was like all this hype created everywhere, I put it on Reddit and it became front page of Reddit. Basically, the yeah, the first day I got a million views and then my channel skyrocketed from there. And it's all because my channel was the first place that it was. I haven't had to do much to keep the views coming on that video. People just share it themselves. And there are many foreign YouTube stars that have like two or three million views just recording videos of themselves watching the video.
0: Just like reaction videos?
1: Reaction video, yeah. And I'll notice like a huge spike in subscribers and views on a day. And I'll be like, why, where? And I'll look through my (laughs) analytics and it's all coming from the same country. And I'm like, why is that? And then I'll find this video of this guy speaking Spanish. And I'll realize that all my subscribers are (laughs) Spanish people. (laughs) And and it'll happen for like Italy and like some other country. And it's very very fun to, to like just see what where this is going, and I don't even have to do anything.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate that you can't see, like, the specific video or, or place that, like, somebody links to your video from <laughs> in the analytics.
1: Actually, no, you can. You can. Oh, wait, can you? There's, like, traffic sources, or, like, and then under that it's, like, related videos. If people click on a related video, then you'll see that in the rankings, like, a video that could have been the one.
0: Oh, I can actually go and see which where people are. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I think you're right. <laughs> this is a terrible. This is a terrible revelation, though, because now I'm just gonna go <laughs> <laughs> looking through every single one. <laughs> well, it looks like the the most suggested videos are like my own. Yeah. So it's yeah, just that's people exactly. clicking to my own stuff from my own stuff, which is yeah, probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess there's <laughs> like this hour long lecture that I made a summary of, so it's like the next one.
1: Yeah. So if there's something that I don't recognize, I'm like, "Oh, that's that's it."
0: Unknown is is one of the top. Oh. Do you get yeah, that as well?
1: Know. I think so, yeah. Huh. Just I'm people,
0: not sure. oh, certain browsers and players don't allow us to detect all details. Okay. So it's just oh, okay. like people Browsing <laughs> incognito mode or something. Uh, <laughs> like, why are you watching my videos well, incognito? Well. <laughs> You're ashamed. <laughs> no, I'm ashamed to be watching videos about studying <laughs> or animation. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's a cool combination because you've got you've got videos that take so long, but they're so compelling that they're going to get a lot of views. But it's also like a series. Yeah. So yeah. people are kind of like waiting for them.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an investment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's something that I kind of wish that I could experiment with where instead of just doing one a week, it's like I take a year or something to work on a video.
1: Yeah, it's scary if you don't know if people are going to like it.
0: One thing that I struggle with is when I'm making something, I really want to get it out there and like I'll tweak it and make it really good. But I'm just like, I really want to publish right now. (laughs) I I was worse with this with blogging because I would like write an article and I would want to publish it that same day. And yeah, yeah. I've had to learn that, like, that doesn't work with videos. But on a <laughs> year timeline, like, in the middle, what, what what's your headspace like in terms of Ooh, yeah. wanting to get it out there? Like?
1: Uh, it becomes less about wanting to get it out there and just, like motivating myself to even start some days because it's like in the middle you're like so far away from the end but you've already gone so far and it's definitely like you just have to keep the momentum if you ever take a break for too long then you just have to force yourself to do it even if it sucks and then eventually you'll get the you'll get the the energy back and be inspired about what you're making but Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of forcing yourself until you get to that space
0: were there any long gaps in time like in the making of, of number four where you just weren't working on it
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was actually more inspired about my spirited away minecraft for a couple months and I and that became my passion for a while but then I had to force myself back into it because I had a deadline
0: oh you had a deadline on number four
1: uh a, my personal set like a personally created deadline yeah
0: okay so it was kind of like I'm gonna publish it did you set it when you started making it or was it kind of more yeah, of like I, a, say- I need to get it out so I'm gonna
1: no, I said one year from from when the Kickstarter project finishes. So, yeah, I ended up not making it, but I still, within a month of that deadline, still made it.
0: I wonder if more people doing Kickstarters should, like, take that cue from you. <laughs> There's a game I backed three years ago. I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> like, I haven't given up hope because they are still releasing, like, pretty regular... Uh, progress updates on their Facebook page, but I mean, it has been three years. And I'm just three like is this, years. Hey, this, this, this is like a Half-Life three situation coming. <laughs> didn't. It if they didn't were know. if they were showing screenshots of them developing Half-Life three, it would be a very a similar thing. I just want to play the final game, though. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow! I didn't know people worked on Kickstarter stuff
0: that long. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people. I guess a lot of people start complaining about it, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I backed it partly because I really wanted to play it, but partly because it seemed like it represented breathing new life into a genre of game that yeah. hasn't had much of anything come out in, like, the past 10, 15 years, like, yeah. in 3D platformers. Yeah. Um, you know, we got, like, Banjo-Kazooie and all those great games back in the 90s, mm. and <laughs> we got Jack and Daxter and Crash Bandicoot, but then it just kind of died. Mm. So <laughs> seeing games that are bringing it back.
1: Yeah, a lot of times it's like you're not really – you. Sometimes you don't want the reward, you're just kind of voting on a on an idea or like supporting an idea right, to, yeah,
0: yeah, you're, you're like just voting with your wallet, like I want this to be a thing in the <laughs> <Yeah>. world <laughs> it doesn't need to benefit me in like an individual. you give me a thing for my money way. I just would like to contribute to its existence exactly. essentially, which I think that's what patreon's doing as well,
1: mm-hmm, yeah, so. Patreon's a beautiful thing.
0: The, I'm very grateful. The biggest thing I found in Patreon is Crash Course, and it's like it's cool to get to talk to the team every month, but I'm just like, I want that to be a thing in existence. <laughs> Crash
1: yeah. They, What's Crash Course?
0: Oh, it's amazing. It's a YouTube channel where uh, you probably know who John and Hank Green are, right? Yeah, yes, yes. So I mean they do Vlogbrothers, but they have this channel called Crash Course where they are essentially building a school online almost. Like they oh, okay. have Two courses on world history. They've got one on anatomy and physiology. There's a government one. They're working on economics right now. So they're essentially just making these series, these like courses of subjects that could be like used as supplemental education in schools. Uh, but they're like really high quality. Wow. Mostly, that's beautiful. It's like a 12 minute <laughs> video most times. And they have this this uh, graphic studio in Canada where they're the ones that I'm learning a lot of after effects things from mm. where they just like put animated segments in everyone. And then like the editing is just super tight and on point. So I've gotten yeah, a lot of inspiration like from them. The
1: way of the future, like where education is going and also where like funding stuff is going to, it's like, everything's changing.
0: Yeah. So what, what are your goals with uh, your tutorial channel? Cause I mean, you're kind of part of that space, whether you mm. really like think about it or not.
1: Right. Um so my tutorial channel it was created as a response to the emails I was getting from people who were like how how do I do that? I want to do that too. Um teach me, teach me, teach me and I can't teach everyone individually. So this this channel was created uh to teach everyone at once. And uh I guess just doing my specific style of animation I've uh I acquired some like um tricks that probably other people didn't acquire and i just i just uh created this channel to to share those ideas and uh, i think it's it's healthy um to share knowledge that you've acquired and not just keep it for yourself
0: yeah so it looks like you have these the, the ones that are like brown backgrounds, they have numbers. So is yeah. that kind of like building a course or, or curriculum of some some type?
1: Yeah, that was that was something that that um that I got inspired about uh the, because I noticed that there really wasn't so much education about the 12 principles of animation online. The the ones that I saw really didn't go in depth like as much depth as I knew they could have gone into. And, and so this was that, that project and that was, you know, having 12 videos, it was definitely a motivating, motivating for me to have to finish the 12 videos.
0: Cool. I wonder if that could be like a course of some some type. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) We were talking about in my group this morning about the idea of like making an online course and Mm. the original idea has always been like, you know, sell it on your website, individual people can buy it. Um uh, mm. but the new idea would be like what if you sold it to schools and like they could just make it freely available to everybody who goes to that school or something like that. Ooh. Uh I know my school had lynda.com available right. to all students. They just had some like university subscription where mm. you could log in and do all like everything, which is mm. amazing. So I was just kind of thinking about that for some of my own course ideas where I that want to go more in depth idea. on stuff.
1: That is a good idea. Yeah, we had that as well. Uh, Animation Mentor uh, was something we had to at our school.
0: What's Animation Mentor? Is that like another course site?
1: Wait, let me think. Maybe it wasn't called that. No, that was not what it was called. Okay. (laughs) Digital Tutors. Digital Tutors. Animation Mentor is actually a school, a different school that costs money for anyone. Yeah.
0: Oh, I haven't heard of this one. So is this like all like 3D animation, like... Mostly, Game actually, digital, digital
1: tutors it covers a lot of different things, I think. So, but mostly 3D animation. Yeah.
0: Have you ever heard of the Noman Workshop?
1: Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I don't like know I've, so much about it.
0: Yeah, I've, I I got an email from somebody like a couple of years ago who said instead of going to college, they were going through that to learn animation. So, uh, I've had people ask about learning this kind of stuff, and I've just mentioned that casually as a potential thing to look into. <laughs> but this also could be a thing yeah so you said your school had like access to this
1: yes yeah we just had to log in with our student ID
0: okay did you use it to learn a lot of things
1: yeah I did actually
0: oh that's cool I wonder how much it costs just for an individual person I see start for free up here so maybe it's it's free limited access probably (laughs) I don't know yeah that could be a thing I've been thinking about like ways of sort of like showing these kind of things to schools so they can offer them to their students right because it'd be pretty cool I don't know. There's always like this tug of war between like, I want to put everything for free on YouTube <laughs> and I have to make money. <laughs> so, like, some of it has to be behind the wall, but how can yeah. I make it like as accessible as possible while still being able to build a career out of it? That's
1: definitely so, a skill in itself to be able to balance, to properly make that balance.
0: Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I guess we kind of just had like a all over the place conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully people find some use out of this. I know, yeah. If, I hope so too. <laughs> if nothing else for finding your your tutorial channel on that digital tutors, which yeah, actually I think that's really cool. I'm gonna look into it, sharing I some if they information. Have after effects on there.
1: They do, I think, yeah.
0: Oh, they do. Well now you're gonna get me to buy this. <laughs> I'm selling something to you. <laughs>
1: that's not gonna benefit me at all.
0: Yeah. But man, because there, there's just stuff I wanna learn. But yeah, After Effects,
1: I think video copilot is probably better.
0: Oh, yeah. They have some really cool stuff. Yeah. Some of the stuff they make is like so advanced <laughs> that I'm like, when would I use this? <laughs> I don't know. My, my thing has just been like, okay, I want to do this thing in a video. Now, how do I do it? And that's worked pretty well. But I'm yeah. wondering if it would be like beneficial to go through some sort of course just so I can like know about things that I might not even be able to imagine. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like just know that that's an option to me.
1: Those, those tutorials, like they, they're so incredibly advanced and you're just like following along, even though you have no idea what's going on. But then after watching enough of them, you start to see a pattern like, oh, okay, maybe if you did it for this and for this, I could do it for this, you know?
0: Yeah. Once you get to that <laughs> point where you can actually apply the skills to your own yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be super useful. I would mm-hmm. imagine there's there's probably things that have made your animating so much faster mm-hmm. just through doing that. Mm-hmm. I remember my first ever attempted animating. Uh, <laughs> it was actually like a company in town had, had basically commissioned the high school to like find <laughs> a student to make a commercial for them that would play on the high school's TVs. And I was like, I'll take a crack at it. And I remember like taking their logo and I wanted it to like animate from the center of the screen to the left corner. So I tried to do it in PowerPoint. And then I like set the slide transitions to, to as fast as they possibly could go. And then like recorded my computer screen just going through the PowerPoint presentation. And it looks yeah, so always a way. bad. There's always a way. It, it did move. Yeah. But, uh, it was about the worst possible way i could have done it yeah
1: i mean as long as they see what you what they want to see doesn't matter but there's definitely better efficient ways to do things what what was your skill level
0: like when you started freelancing
1: uh it was it was um, i mean it's be- it's better for clients that have no idea about the industry or like they're just like a company or like they're a person that hasn't seen like you know good animation so they don't have expectations so those are the best ones to start with um, I kind of learned as I went definitely
0: okay Yeah. Well, maybe it was a bit different for you because you said you never reached out to like find clients they all just came to you
1: so yeah I had kind of the upper hand like I you asked me so you know you're
0: right um, anyway. but at least like they they have seen your video and that's sort of the frame of reference that they're going off of in terms of like what they want you to make for them whereas my first freelance project was me going through like a binder of job wanted ads basically and i found some (laughs) company who wanted a website and i called them up and i was like hey i'm basically a beginner but i know a few things i'll work for cheap and (laughs) i'll try to get it right for you guys and like looking back there's just so many elements of that site that i built that are like Mm. not good (laughs) 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 like like the way i positioned elements and it was just the most like hacked up stuff, <laughs> but I guess that's like, it's part of the learning process. Yeah. That's a good, you that's a good thing a to go
1: through to, to like go through that process of finding people that, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, since I never had to, had to do that, I still, uh, I'm still kind of dependent on, on people contacting me.
0: Yeah. Have you been able to use those freelance projects to learn new things or have they mostly been kind of applications of what you have already known?
1: mostly what i've already already known but just kind of taking what i know to the next level usually
0: so there's still sort of skill building exercises
1: yeah i mean i never like took a job like with like something that i had nothing you know like 3d animation or something like it's always been something that i've already done or something i'm familiar with yeah for for the
0: most part have you done anything with 3d
1: yeah, I have, but not for freelance. Just like in school, we learned about it and did some group projects and, and things. Definitely so much more complex in many ways than flash animation.
0: I bet. Are you, I guess that's that's a question. Do you have plans or like dreams to kind of branch out of like flash stuff and do more 3D stuff? Like, do you, do you want to work for Pixar? <laughs>
1: uh, at one point I did, but... But I realize that I have a lot more freedom and control and potential for growth just working uh, through YouTube, and I'm kind of leaning towards that now instead okay. of applying for a, a big studio position.
0: Do you have like even even if your work is individual, do you have like a level or like some sort of model that you aspire to right now? That would be a good thing to have. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't actually. I don't know if it is. I guess it's just a question.
1: Like a like a where I want to be in five years. Like, is
0: there like a style or like a maybe someone's work you can point to and be like, I want to make stuff like of that caliber or maybe Hmm. like similar to that? Not
1: not really, honestly. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to be doing animation, uh, rest of my life, uh, or even the next ten years. I'm very interested in other things like virtual reality and uh, creating. Like uh, game environments for application in virtual reality simulations so that's a completely different field yeah, I just don't know 10 years down the line where I'll be
0: I think we're pretty much in the same camp there, like yeah. <laughs> a 10 year question yeah. yeah, I've had people ask me where do you see yourself in 5 years, 10 years and I'm like, I don't know, hopefully doing something <laughs> cool that inspires me and you know challenges me but I don't know exactly what it will be I think like in terms of of the aspiration of my my work quality you know I look at channels like Crash Course or um Mm. like specific elements like your your ability to animate and I look at that and see like okay I wish I could you know work up to being somewhat near that level of quality Mm. in what I create but I don't think that I'm really aspiring to make my career look like anyone else's or my work look exactly like anyone else's and yeah, maybe that's yeah, I it. I guess I have no idea what I'll be doing in ten years either.
1: My my work is so kind of is is so different from anything else. It's hard to compare it to something and try to aspire to something else since no one really does this kind of stuff. So it's hard to aspire to something similar that's better. I don't yeah, know.
0: it's true. You did kind of invent your own little subset. Yeah, and then I feel like with four, you took it even further because <laughs> it wasn't just desktop elements and and stick figures it was like integrating that with live action as well
1: mm-hmm. yeah. it's
0: just yeah that's not really a thing that I've seen anywhere else I guess for you it's just a matter of how far do I want to take that yeah <laughs> so have you started uh, doing game programming too
1: um i've dabbled in it in college but uh as far as doing it in the future i don't have direct plans but in making the the virtual reality environments i feel like i wouldn't need programming knowledge just kind of knowledge of modeling and getting things to look super realistic but also not take up as much as much cpu or um computer processing power as possible
0: so is that just a a matter of Designing something in a three D modeling program and then hooking it up to an Oculus. Yeah, I mean, I oh. think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know much about that at all. We've, we've played with played the <laughs> Oculus, but I figured it had to be like some sort of game engine.
1: You can use Unity or Unreal, uh, Unreal Engine, and I th- I think it's pretty easy. Not that I've tried it
0: for modeling the environments. Do you use like Cinema 4D or something else?
1: Mm, probably Maya. Not that I've done it yet but i've I've used Maya
0: okay so you just like you make something in Maya and then you would be able to sort of export it to unity or, or unreal yeah probably that'd be pretty fun <laughs> I, I'm waiting for VR tube <laughs> <laughs> I
1: feel like that's not far down the line at all I know right not at all
0: I've seen there's like a lot of people posting 360 videos now- mm-hmm. which are really cool yeah. to look at on like an iPad. Mm -hmm. and I'm just sort of waiting for like really tight Oculus integration with 360 videos and like whether they mount them on a drone or (laughs) put it on a submarine or something cool or if people are just making 3D environments and figuring out a way to to make like a 360 video online of that that you could look at.
1: Yeah, and then there's also 3D video in the sense that it's actually like like using connect like xbox Kinects, to uh, create it's not it's different from a like a 3D movie but it's like an actual environment that you can go around and it moves around with you like the polygons and everything
0: is that all virtual then like it's not filmed or is No it- no
1: no you can film it it's very you know it's huh. like very uh, primitive but you can use 3 connects And it's like the color data as well as the 3D data from all different angles put together. And if it's, yeah, in a sense, it's possible to to record an environment
0: and then be in it somewhere else in the world. That's blowing my mind. (laughs) I like, my mind can't comprehend the idea of filming and being able to look at it from multiple vantage points or like move around in there. It's like the camera has to be
1: fixed. Exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. When I need to look this I up. I found out about it, blew my mind. <laughs> when yeah. I All right. I will put that in the show notes if I can find like an example of that or, or just I can something. send
1: you one. It's very primitive. Okay. I would love to see it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, dude, thanks so much for talking to me. Yeah. This has been like this really fun conversation. Hopefully very people fun. pull value out of it. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you want to subscribe to Alan's channel or watch some of his videos, I've included a link in the show notes. Once again, they're at CIGpodcast.com. Find the episode 79 link on that page and you'll find all the good stuff there. If you want to find my favorite resources for making your college experience better, you can find those over at collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. And that's all I've got. So until next week, see you and stay cute.